This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Happy holidays! This is the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast, and I am Annalise, an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And I'm Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist, and happy holidays, because you took it. I took it. I guess you can guess what we're going to talk about today. I have no clue. I have a clue. It's 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 holidays, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about health through the holidays, and and we're gonna tackle this because we all deal with it. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, holidays that everyone I think everyone celebrates at least some form of holiday at yeah. some point during the year. So it may not be this time of year. It could be other times of the year, but it's applicable, right? Well, usually like this this kind of culminates a time where there's. Lots of different holidays going on. Lots of like big celebrations, no matter what you believe in or celebrate. Or even if, you know, you're not religious at all. I think like Christmas and holiday celebrations, they're part of American culture. You get time off, just enjoy it. You get time off. It's cooler outside, which usually makes us, you know, it gets darker early. That kind of makes us want to eat heartier stuff as well. Mm -hmm. But no matter what, our patients are always starting to like nail bites about the holidays and how are they going to deal with all of the food all of the parties get-togethers yeah anything that I guess involves um gatherings and social things that you would do around this time of year that generally the food options aren't the best I don't mean like bad in terms of flavor I usually mean this in terms of for your good for your health they're they're going to be indulgent they're pleasure foods they're as yummy. opposed to nutritious foods. Yes, they're probably more nutritionally devoid. Maybe not a fat or sugar, though, but the other ones. Right, like beneficial yeah. nutrition. But yeah, that, you know, th- th- this is a very hefty topic, and I do not mean that with a <laughs> pun, but it's a pretty heavy topic just because we have so much we could talk about involving what we do, mindset, what's going on, external factors, internal factors. Like it, it, The list is endless, I really feel like. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we're we're still dealing with pandemic stuff. So the gatherings, the office parties are not happening this year. Or virtual, maybe. Maybe maybe virtual stuff. And I think we'll all still be dealing with a little bit of, like, we're still going to have some family get-togethers. Um, I'm sure that plenty of people are figuring out how they're going to quarantine safely socially distant socially distant but i don't think any of the connotations of like wanting to eat pumpkin pie and comfort ourselves and you know have a big box of chocolate candy Candy. i think those those associations (laughs) are, are still there whether we're having these holiday gatherings or not that's fair that's fair and you know that's true because you go into the store and what do you see just everywhere everywhere chocolate candy advertisements for stuff commercials like you can't escape it no matter what so even if you don't participate it's still there bombarding you in the media or some way shape or form well and i bake cookies every year at the holiday how dare you i (laughs) 
I don't bake the rest of the year, but for some reason, like, it's the holidays. I must bake cookies. That's, yeah. And so I have that association. And, you know, we don't have an office to bring them in and pawn them off. So I am a <laughs> little bit. people eat my cookies, I won't eat. I'm Enjoy. a little worried about, you know, my inclination to bake a batch of cookies and just have it sitting around my house. Could you make, like, a quarter batch? No. Had you a quarter of an egg? Figure that one out. I'm excited. I could. <laughs> My cookies have two eggs in them, so I could do a half a batch. I don't. I don't know. I'm not liking where this conversation is going. Okay. I don't like it. Okay. Well, we'll stop talking about the cookies and leave you in your sadness over there, and we'll just switch gears and talk about everyone else and what they're going to do rather than your cookies. But I think, so I'm thinking, like, even just my own mental resistance of, what are you talking about not doing what I always do? I want to do what I always do. I think that's going to be not just me in that position, no matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it. it's hard to tell people to change um you know, especially if they have traditions or things that they regular di- regularly do. So, you know, for your example is the cookies. If I say, well, maybe I had like a quarter batch and you looked at me with daggers, like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, how dare you say that? And if I were to offer that suggestion probably to anyone else, I'm sure I would get the same response. So understandable. But uh, <laughs> as far as, you know, being open and receptive to change mm. you could possibly try that i don't know <laughs> it could just be that one batch of cookies and that's it i i mean i think i think you kind of hit the nail on the head there <laughs> in terms of being willing and open to have things be different than they have been in the past yeah. or different than what you think they should be exactly we have these preconceived notions of how things should go and what things should do and how they'll, how they'll play out. And this is a weird time, I feel like, in, in the world in general. Um, you know, big, big pandemic going on. So uh, things are a little different. And should you find yourself not having as many holiday gatherings and so on and the traditional things that you normally do, baking all these things for all these people that you normally might do, maybe not happening now, what do you do? If you want to continue that and, and feel the holiday cheer and whatever it is, but not not necessarily, you know, add to the issue of, you know, pandemic stuff, I guess I would go with. <laughs> yeah, or kind of even just narrowing it down a little bit. So yeah. what do we usually do around the holidays that, that cause us to slip from our goals? Eat we eat, We eat a lot. Um, we tend to eat a lot of pleasure foods versus our nutrition foods. And mm-hmm. then we tend to fall off of our exercise routine, whether it's because it is you know, colder outside um, or it's darker earlier. Yeah. Or maybe we have more um, plans that get in the way. Yeah. Whether it's travel or, you know, whatever. Or having guests. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have a small little isolated gathering or something at people over more often than not. And that could be a problem. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these these barriers. Absolutely. And I think the first thing to start with is what you just said, which essentially is let's look at what is actually important to us instead of this automatic what should happen. Yeah. I think that's that's a great a great place to start, because um, yeah, it, 
you know, I, I'm not, I've, I've been pretty open about this. I'm not much of a baker. I'm not really a big person into baking. I like to make extravagant meals, if anything, so that's probably more likely what I would be doing. But, um, you know, as far as holiday traditions, yeah, I have my own little, like, things I like to bake, or, or not bake, but cook and make stuff that's on the tastier side, I will go with. It is heavier. It's pleasure food. It's good for it's your soul. It's nutritious food. Yeah, good, good, for, your good for your soul food. Yeah, so... Um, thinking about a way to change it make it so it's you know doable where I can still get enjoyment out of whatever I'm doing but not feel like I'm sabotaging myself in a sense because I don't think anyone goes into the holidays going "Mm, I want to gain 15 pounds that sounds like a great idea I don't think anybody goes into the holidays like that and if you do good for you but I don't think that's a common thought process and you know things that we have um, that we value and find important if you don't want to gain a bunch of weight during the holidays and maybe your holidays have like what we're doing now has changed, that could just be an opportunity to not do what you were doing before and change things up and get a little creative this time around. Maybe you make something different. Maybe you try to do a healthy spin on something, or maybe you don't make it at all. You make something completely different. Who knows? Uh, there's a lot of opportunities to change it, but it, I, t- take it as an opportunity, not a drawback or a setback or, you know, an obstacle. Yes, I love that so much. And I think that is the lesson of the year. We've been dealing with a a pandemic and unsuredness and everything being different. And you really see some people are thriving in that because they are leaning into the opportunity to do things differently. Exactly. And... I personally have found that I've been doing that this year where I'm leaning into these opportunities of just like, oh, I can change this. I can try that. Uh, I'm, I'm a very, you know, social person. I like to go out and about and I like to do things. And I found that I, I can keep myself entertained without doing that now, which had you asked me a year ago, what, what would you do if you're stuck at home for seven months? I would be like, oh, <laughs> I could probably die. I don't know. I have, I have no concept of how to entertain myself, but instead of just being all glum and like everything sucks, I can't believe it. I found an opportunity to change things up and get creative with it. And the same can be said for the holidays as well. It's not just limited to any other point of the year. It's really applicable at any point. You know, it, it's never, never, I won't say never, but take any opportunity you can and look at the situation and say, can I make a, a difference here? Can I change this? Is this something that I'd be willing to do? And then you start with that. Yeah. So starting with some of maybe the foods that we usually associate with comfort and holidays. Yes. Would it be okay, especially if your normal holiday plans are interrupted, if we're not seeing parents or grandparents this year mm-hmm. or the, the inverse, or kids, grandkids this year, what, what does that mean in the reality? And what do we have to do to supply ourselves with the things that will bring us joy and for a lot of us like there's a lot of food associations around the holidays yeah and since we are not doing it the same way could we take that opportunity to make healthier versions of our favorite foods yeah I think that's absolutely doable and I think we get hung up on the traditional way of making things um you know, we, a lot of people get really stuck in tradition. You know, if, if your grandmother made it this way, you have to make it this way. You have to do it this way. It has to be the way. Says who is what I'm going to ask you. Says who? Grandma? Okay. Well, 
I, I, I think that's great. And maybe you make a special batch for grandma, but if you want to make a change and you want to try something different, and especially if you aren't seeing grandma, how will grandma know you're not doing things the way she wanted you to? That's my thought. How will she know? You're going to say, Oh, I changed it. Grandma. She'll never know. She's not eating it. So just, just think about that one. (laughs) Or if you are grandma, like, you know, lead, lead the lead by example lead by example right um it i hear that a lot with my patients like when the grandkids come over they have these expectations for the holidays you know grandma's gonna have this and she's gonna provide that or you know whatever it might be the the cookies grandma's cookies you know and and you can even think back probably if if you're not a grandparent go like oh yeah grandma's cookies i remember all the holidays you go over i mean my grandma they were terrible cookies (laughs) but i still they were, you know, they weren't the best, but I still, that's a memory. They were minty flavored cookies. And I remember those. They were very hard. They were not the chewiest cookie, <laughs> but you still have memories of that. And it's still, it's still a cookie at the end of the day, regardless. And that's, that's good to have. Yeah. That's good to have. The memories there. That also goes along with, with putting you know, something that, that we've talked about in, in previous podcasts is it, putting value on a particular food or also deciding that kids need treats, mm-hmm. right? If, if it's not healthy for me, why would it be healthy for a 10-year-old? Yeah. Uh, I, every, I know every Christmas up until I think I was like 17 or 18, I always got from the aunts and the uncles like a little box of of chocolates every year and that was the routine and for years like 16 17 years I was getting a box of chocolate every year and the first year it stopped it kind of sucked I wasn't okay with it because <laughs> I had this expectation at that point now because you know when you're 17 years old you're expecting a box of chocolates and you don't get one they're like well you're almost an adult now you don't need it anymore oh okay I need chocolate more now yes. than I did as a kid. Oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> I don't know where that logic came from. Adults thinking we don't need chocolate as we get older. Come on now. Come on now. Well, <laughs> it, it goes back to that old idea that kids can eat junk food. Yeah. And uh, adults, now you have to be responsible and not have the junk food. Which, if anything, puts the junk food on a pedestal now. Well, yeah. And if you grew up on junk food, guess what you're going to want to eat your whole life? Yeah. So then when the holidays come, it's almost like you have special permission to break that if you're expected not to all year and now it's suddenly bombarding you and hitting you in the face like, here's candy, here's chocolate, here's Mm. baked goods. You're not allowed all year and you've been denying yourself all year and all of a sudden everything's there. You're off the rails because it's it's, it's a free-for-all. You're like, oh, great, this is awesome. I'm going to eat all the things now. And especially the two-for-one sales, yeah. And come January 1st, you're going to have to get on your weight loss resolution. Which I think that's the mindset we all get stuck in is, well, once January 1st hits, then everything will be okay. And I want to point out that January 1st is just a day, just like March 31st, just like July 2nd. It's just a day. There's no reset button? No. Oh. (laughs) Your body doesn't go, oop, new year, let's change it. It doesn't do that. You don't have a, a shift in everything that you're doing. Most of the time, it's just a, I'm so tired and sick of what I've been doing to my body for the last month and a half that now I want to make a change. And it's almost like we give ourselves permission pretty much at the end of October all the way through the new year that we can do whatever we want because it's the holidays and that we just give ourselves permission to let our guard down, if anything. And, you know, 
that's great and all if that's what you want to do, but just think about this. The average weight gain, <laughs> the average weight gain um, is about 10 pounds from the end of October till the beginning of the year, give or take. Um, could be more, could be less, but you're, you're typically it's a weight gain. We see most people go up in weight in those you know couple months before the new year. And a lot of it could be marketing, advertising of the things that are out there, but I think it's just us in the mindset of, well, we'll fix it on the first of the, of the year and it'll be better. And I'll ask all of you rhetorically, since none of you can actually respond to this at the moment, but has that worked? <laughs> has the reset button worked? And how do you, how do you feel yeah. come January 1st? I know I have been there. Um, I've been and, there too. Yeah. And everybody I know, usually by you know New Year's Eve, people are just feeling not good. Mm-hmm. They've been drinking too much. They've been eating too much. They haven't been moving. They feel sluggish. And they're looking forward to that January 1st so they feel good again. And when, when we step back and look at that in the big perspective, why wouldn't I want to feel good through the holidays as yeah. well? And, you know, I, t- I, tell, I tell my patients this in classes too. I'm like, you know, you, you don't have to do that. And even if you gain a little bit over the holidays, let's say in the two months before the new year, you gain two pounds. Hey, that's still a win in my book because the average is 10. So if you're only gaining two, that's still doing better than, you know, if you just went off the rails and gave yourself permission to do whatever you wanted. And I think 10 may not be the most accurate number. I'm pretty sure it might be even higher than that. But the reality of it is there's typically a shift in mentality and you, you, it's almost like you're getting it all in at the end of the year while you still can. Like, oh, time's running out. Let's eat as much as we can. Get it in, get it in, get it in. Oh, new year. Okay, let's, let's correct, self-correct, course correct. Let's go back on what we were doing before. But you feel crummy. I don't, well, I, I wouldn't even say it's New Year's Day. It's probably more like the 2nd of January where people start to make changes. The day you have to go back to work after yeah. New Year's, it's usually that day. Yeah, it's usually however long after. We're like, All right, now I have to do the thing. Whatever the Monday is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Monday. It's the first of the year. It's that ultra reset button. Yeah, exactly. So... I think one of the issues that a lot of people commonly face, though, outside of food is is the lack of daylight. Mm-hmm. You know, since mm-hmm. that time of year, you know, in general is always going to have shorter days, longer nights. And that's just problematic, I think, for a lot of people when you're out and about. And let's say you have a normal work schedule. You start work when it's dark. You're off work when it's dark. And guess what? When, when, if you're an outside workout person, that limits your window of opportunity to a very, very small maybe lunch break if you wanted to do that, but that's it. Then you have to work out in the dark. And now you're limited to whether you can go to the gym. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you have limited gym options. You have limited um, outside activity options. It's colder most of the time, you know, not a guarantee, obviously, because San Diego, we kind of sometimes have got 80 degree heat waves. It it happens. But the the thing we, we find is that we move less, we do less, and maybe we're busier. We got a lot going on usually. You're planning things, doing stuff, buying things, being occupied at all times. Where do you fit it in? How do you move? How do you get that into your life? I mean, that comes down to priorities. It's true. Right? And and also being being malleable. It's mm-hmm. the same thing of, of accepting the reality of what it is and and making a plan. Yeah. Making a plan. Plan it into your day. Um 
I struggle with it starting to get dark at 4.30 because in my head, once it's dark, I kind of like start shutting down for the night. I'm like, okay, we're going to start winding down. It's that circadian rhythm. It's just the best. Right. So the idea of, of you know, working all day and then I'm at home and it's cold and it's dark. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It's like, let's wrap ourselves up in a blanket and have a nice cup of hot cocoa and sit by the fire and exist in our little bubble of comfort. And that's the best because oh, why not? That sounds amazing. <laughs> but I guess where what I would go with that too, though, is if you find that when it's darker in the evening after a day of work and you're really just struggling to get something in, maybe change when you're working out. If you, if you are an evening worker outer person, you're like, I like to exercise after I'm done with work, get it done at the end of the day. But you find that when it's darker out, it's harder to do. Maybe you have to switch to a midday or morning situation because I'm, I'm personally a morning workout person. I love doing it first thing in the morning and then getting it done with. And then I had the rest of my day to do whatever I want. I don't particularly like afternoon or evening workouts. I'll do them, but I would prefer waking up and getting it over with. Uh, so my thought on that is like, yeah, if you do it first thing in the day, no one can take it away from you. You can't have something pop up and ruin your day. And now you can't get your workout in because this happened. You already did it. It's done. You can go on with life. And if you're thinking, well, I might have to, I have to work at 6 a.m. I know people who would get up at 3 to get their work in and to get done by 4, ready by 5, at work by 6. It is a thing. They made it a priority. Not to say that's something you should do. I wouldn't. But <laughs> I will do an evening workout and do it that way personally. But I still prioritize it. But, yeah, it's still prioritized. Exactly. And you, but I have met those people, and they're, I'm like, good for you. You're a diehard. I would not get up at 3 a.m. to work out. <laughs> well, I think... I think you would if it was your only option. I think you would. Well, if would. it was my only option, but I, it isn't. So I guess I don't think that way because right. I'm like, well, I can just do it later. And yeah. Because it comes <laughs> down to, to checking in with yourself. And if you are a regular exerciser, you know how fast your mood starts to slip, mm-hmm. how fast your stress starts to build up if you are not getting in that, that physical activity. So for me, even when things change, I will just check in with myself. If I'm really struggling with staying with my exercise, the thing that will usually get me back on track is I'll think, okay, well, let's pretend I don't go exercise. How am I going to feel in two hours? Yeah. And I will feel guilty. I will feel restless. And the next day I'm going to feel a little bit, you know, more stressed out. Mm -hmm. And I may not sleep as well. So I try to focus on all of those immediate things that I'll miss out on that I really enjoy that makes life enjoyable and you know you're in a good routine if you feel bad that you didn't exercise because it's one thing to go oh man I didn't exercise oh well or oh I really didn't exercise and I'm feeling uncomfortable that I didn't and you kind of kick yourself like I can't believe I did that and you, you really feel guilty it's not a oh shucks it's it's more of a you really don't feel good about it it's like leaving the house without brushing your teeth. Does not feel you good. You just feel off. Yeah. You're like, this is not right. Yeah, it's not correct. It's wrong. Yeah. It's all wrong. And <laughs> self-conscious. Like, maybe I stink. I don't know. But <laughs> but if you can find a way to prioritize exercise, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts, but to, to make it clear, you do not have to do it all in one sitting. You don't have to have 30 to 60 minutes of your day in one allocated time frame to do that. If you have a hard time fitting in and you're worried like daylight and this and that, split it up, break it up into 10 minute increments and spread it out throughout your day. 
just do little bits here or there and then it culminates into a total of 30 or 60 minutes however much you feel like doing Mm -hmm. and that's probably the most effective way especially busy times you know if you have a 10 minute break at work that's a great time to go on a walk which I think it was only about a year and a half ago that I started doing that because normally I would just sit at my desk and just keep sitting because breaks are optional. You don't have to, but I just would keep working because I'm like, yeah, I move enough. I'm an exercise physiologist. I've got a fitness tracker. I do not move enough. And I decided to incorporate walks on my breaks. And I just did a 10-minute break, walked X amount of laps around the building. One of our coworkers here, she told me what she does on our breaks. Um, so she goes up and down the stairs two times. And there's six flights of stairs. We're on the sixth floor. Six flights of stairs twice. I, like, don't even want to do it once. <laughs> I don't want to do it once either. <laughs> so and it's, it's ultimately your prerogative on what you want to do for that. But if you have a little bit of time, fit something small in. What are you doing otherwise? Scrolling on your phone? Probably. Or telling yourself you're being more productive by staying. That's true, which you actually become less productive the more work you do and the less breaks you take. Absolutely. So finding a way to prioritize your fitness routine, definitely a great, great thing to incorporate into your day. Yeah. So do we have any questions this week? I, th- I think we do. I think we do. Let me get it up. All right. Yes. So we have a couple questions. So we have one from Raquel, and it says, Every holiday season, I get gifts of chocolate or baked goods. I'm jealous. And I find it hard to resist, and I'm afraid of gaining weight. What do I do? That's a tough one. Gifts are a tough one. (laughs) Because if you don't want it in the house, guess what? It's in your house. Right. Right. I I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it, um, is that you could just get rid of them. (gasps) How dare you? I know. And it, it, we have this this feeling that, like, we shouldn't throw things away. Now, if it's a sealed package, donate it, give it to someone. But I had years ago a patient who had lost a lot of weight, and she kept it off for eight years. And she said something that changed my whole view of this wasting food thing. Now, if you don't have to waste food, don't. But this idea that, like... Eating it is better than throwing it away, if those are the only two options, is kind of silly. And what this patient said to me is, my body is not a trash can. Mm -hmm. And it's not feeding starving people in another country to eat something you don't want to eat versus throwing it in the trash. But it is adding extra stuff to your body that may cause medical issues, may cause weight gain. And so it is better to throw it in the trash than to eat a bunch of food that is only going to detract from your enjoyment of life. Yeah. And there's, it's so funny too, because I think about this and and it's relate to it on my own end where I'll buy a bunch of vegetables and sometimes, you know, that bag of spinach that you forget about that lives in your drawer and then it goes bad. Um, pastries, baked goods, sweets, junk food don't tend to go bad as quickly as those things but if you treat it the same way like a couple of weeks, oh it's bad, gotta throw it out There's what's wrong with that? because you did it to the spinach why can't you do it to whatever else that you're getting there too you know, what, what good is it doing you if you don't want to eat gross nasty spinach you're probably not going to eat gross nasty chocolate <laughs> if you just use you know, a, a visualization but if it's short term cost like, well I don't want to waste food, I'm wasting X amount of money 
okay, how much more money are you going to spend on your health when you eat it? Right. What's the long-term cost? And I think the thing that stood out to me in particular in that question is that person is having trouble resisting. Yeah. And, you know, I deal with that. We talked about this on, on our Food Triggers podcast. If you know that you struggle around choices around food, there is a certain freedom of letting go in terms of don't keep it around. Yeah. You don't have to have it around. I had a patient who got a gift of um, pie. They got a bunch of pie. They donated it to a homeless shelter. There we go. So they didn't waste food. They gave it to people who didn't have food. And so they did a good deed. They got it out of their house and everyone kind of won in the end. And I thought that was really, really cool. Because if your fear is wasting food, because I don't believe we should be wasting food either. Mm -mm. But if you have a way to to pawn it off on someone or donate it or get rid of it in a way that benefits someone else, why not? Because what, what, what requirement is it that you need to eat it? And I know it's tempting because of the whole, like, I it's hard to resist. And I get that. If I have a box of candy in my house, it's really hard to resist. But sometimes it's a little bit of a, a mind over matter some situation where you have to remember what are your goals? What are you trying to do? Where are you at? And where do you want to be? And if you cave and indulge, it's not the end of the world, obviously, but it's just repeating patterns that you've always been doing. And if you're trying to break that pattern, you have to be a little uncomfortable for a little bit. And that could be, uh, handed off to somebody and then you're shaking and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and then just take it. And then you shove your hand in their face and run away. <laughs> that is absolutely a way to handle it. <laughs> just get rid of it. I don't want it anymore. I'm just visualizing that the whole time Melanie's describing it. I was, I was miming it. You can't see me, but I was definitely showing her what I was doing. <laughs> She was miming it. I was pretending she had food in her hand. Yeah. yeah it was a good time. <laughs> but it, that, it, that is a tough one. Just it's okay if you fall into temptation. Don't be too hard on yourself. But know that you don't have to. You can find another way of not having it around where you still benefit someone else. Yes. And I, I think the other thing worth mentioning here, too, is you don't want to go full deprivation no. either. So if you enjoy foods, taking time to eat it mindfully, to really, you know, put your full focus on it and enjoy every bite, that is, that's a good thing. Yeah. That is using that pleasure food for the pleasure it's, it's intended. Mm-hmm. Um, so do that, enjoy that, but then also watch yourself if you start eating for, for other reasons. If we're stress eating half of an apple pie, that's not benefiting anybody. No. So it would be much better to just, you know, get rid of the rest of that pie. Exactly. There's no requirement for you to eat it as tempting as it may seem. <laughs> um, okay. So second question we got is from Marshall and it says, I always find the holidays hard and this year I feel even more isolated because of the pandemic. How do I make it so I don't feel as isolated? Oh, Marshall, I feel for you. That's a tough one. That's it's it's hard because I do know a few people do feel pretty isolated just in general, and then with the holiday cheer, we start to feel even more isolated because we're maybe not able to do as much as we probably could have before in previous years. Well, and for oftentimes, I think I think it's worth mentioning that even though cheer is the name of the game around holidays, for a lot of people, holidays are a much bigger struggle than yeah. any other time because of that expectation of what it's supposed to be yep and then this year 
you know, many of us are dealing with not being able to see family, Mm -hmm. not traveling, not having the gatherings we usually get to have. Mm -hmm. And then you're right, that adds to that isolation. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I've recommended to um, a couple of patients of mine who they actually became good friends from a class I was teaching. I thought that was kind of kind of cool. And that was pre-pandemic. And then, you know, when the pandemic happened, we were doing these phone calls just to keep them in check because we didn't have any other backup plan. We're like, oh, just call them. I don't know. And we would talk to them on the phone. And so I talked to them separately of each other. But I suggested to both of them, like, well, I know it's a pandemic, but what if you just did like a socially distanced walk around the lake? And they did. They started doing that. And then it's a right, they do it weekly. They do it every week now. And it's, it's, oh, been, awesome. it's been several months since I recommended that. <laughs> and I thought that was really cool because, you know, you can wear a mask, stay at least six feet apart, be outside, get some exercise while you're at it, and you can be social. And that was something that I thought was really impactful. Yes. And even just touching on a couple of those factors alone. So getting outside, mm-hmm. getting out in the sun. Um, vitamin N, nature. <laughs> vitamin N, as our dietitian K usually says. <laughs> but there, there is some power to to feeling that that vitality of you know feeling the sun on your on your skin or feeling the cool air on your skin, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But but kind of bringing yourself into the the moments. Yeah, and. You know, the other thing, too, is if you don't have that capability, maybe you're immunocompromised or maybe you're just in a situation where you, you just don't want to take that risk. Understandable. I don't blame you. Uh, virtual virtual consults are consults, but, um, you know, like I don't want to name brands, but just like a vir- video call somebody. Virtual parties. Yeah, virtual parties. They do it all the time. And, you know, if there's people you can do that with, do that. You can find communities online who do that regularly, who don't necessarily even know each other personally. There's, they just want that socialization aspect. So reaching out to, you know, groups on Facebook or, you know, we, we talked about this on a previous podcast, but like a meetup, you could do meetups. That would be a cool thing to involve in, which is, you know, I think a lot of them have done some virtual stuff and in, in a way to, to get out there and have some sort of socialization without taking the risk of, of, your, of your health or whatever it may be. That's not a problem. That's not a bad thing to do at all. Mm-hmm. We forget that, you know, even though the Internet can feel very isolating it can also be very welcoming, too. Yes. And the important thing to know is that you are not alone. A lot of times feelings of isolation come from us feeling like we are the only ones experiencing that. And the cool thing and the secret about being human is that we're all relatively similar. This is true. So <laughs> if, if you're dealing with something, there is a bunch of other people who also deal with that. And that's good because they're communities mm-hmm. to reach out to. And then allow yourself to drop that fear or shame of how you feel and know that there are plenty of other people out there that feel the same things and that want to help and share as well. So drop, drop that fear of, of joining those groups too or seeking out those groups. Yeah, exactly. So look look into sources online you know community centers might have stuff going on too there's there's so many resources out there um but don't be afraid to to check them out because if the if the the fear of it is holding you back then it's going to keep holding you back you have to be a little bit more open to exploring what might be out there and taking that that chance and see maybe you will fall into something cool and exciting and 
and liberating and you're like, yeah, I have a social life again. Yay. So, you know, whatever you need to do that will help you. It, it, that's in your hands at that point. Cause we can't tell you what to do more than what we just did. <laughs> and to everyone else, if you are, if you are not feeling the isolation, if you're feeling like you're in a good place, reach out to the people in your lives. If yeah. you haven't talked to someone in a while, reach out. It's always welcome. Call I that think. friend you haven't seen in a year, you know? Just because you haven't seen him in a year doesn't mean you can't call him. Yeah. Quick little video call if yeah. you have the capability just to check in. The holidays are a tough time for for a lot of people. And so if you have the emotional bandwidth, then use it to to reach out to some of the people that maybe don't. Exactly. And, you know, to leave it on a high note... <laughs> Reach out to your friends, your family, people you care about, you know, people that you, even if you don't know if they're isolated or not, just, just reach out, just reach out and say, Hey, that's all you got to do. Just say, Hey. Yeah. So with that being said, it is time. Are we done? We are done. Oh man. It goes by so fast. It does. And the, the year is ending. I know (laughs) it's a long year but regardless <laughs> it's been long but it's also quick it's yeah it's true it feels like forever but very fast it's weird it's a weird sensation but here <laughs> we are and what i will say is i wish you all you know the best holidays you can have and enjoy you know who you have in your life and, and take advantage of every opportunity you have to spend with them and uh, we will see you in the new year well we'll, we'll virtually see you in the new year <laughs> <laughs> so keep eating your veggies Get your exercise, sleep, sleep, take care of each other, and we'll see you in 2021. Woo! Woo! All right. Until next time. Bye.